Conversation, live from Nicaragua. Dive deep into the world of coffee with co-founders of Twin Engine Coffee, Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Welcome to Brewing Conversation, Season 2, Episode 2. My name is Andrea Wolverton. And I'm Colin Ganley, and today we're going to discuss the creation of most famous coffee line, which we call the estate. The at the very beginning of the of the founding of our company, we wanted to create a signature. We, part of our mission was to was to promote Nicaraguan coffee, uh, both here in the country and outside. And and the estate was a huge part of that conceptually. I think. Right. So part of our own foundation is Twin Engine Coffee, as well as a foundation of showing what Nicaraguan coffee is all about. So we wanted to um, find what would be the the heritage, as we're calling them, the heritage varietals and in the region. So the historically Hinotega and Matagalpa would be the principal growing regions for Nicaragua's specialty coffee. Very high altitude. It was where the original plants um, some of the original plants were grown, and so we chose to work with Katura and Bourbon. Well, when we say heritage varietals, what we're we're sort of taking we're, we're sort of, we've sort of created that terminology, right? And we've mixed wine references and tomato or or vegetables or right. references. So we're jumping over an idea, I guess, for our listeners, if people are thinking at the higher level of the taxonomy, Arabica. So Arabica coffee would be the original plants. The Robusta coffee was developed later. So all of these coffees would be Arabica. And so similar to grapes, um, so if you had a Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Grapes, that's what we're talking about when we say Katura, Katwai, Bourbon, Maragohipe. These are all Arabica varietals of or varietals of the Arabica coffee plant. That's right. And so what we wanted to do is coffee's huge here and it has been since long before we got here. But what we wanted to do is improve the reputation of Nicaraguan coffee by taking the the top selection of that and making it available in its pure form. Because a lot of times that great coffee ends up being blended with coffees from other places and then it loses its identity. So what we wanted to do is take the historic varieties, varietals, so that's what we're referring to as the heritage uh, varietals, is the, the seeds that were grown here since the early days of coffee in Nicaragua, and take the top selection of those coffees and make them available just as as they are. So that when you're looking for a Nicaraguan coffee, you want that profile, that taste. You want to know what does Nicaraguan coffee taste like. You go to the estate because the estate is the traditional varietals, but not mixed with other, other origins and also selected so that it doesn't have defects. So you really get that pure, authentic, historic taste in its best form. So we were deep in the weeds two farms, <laughs> two varietals, one origin. I mean, this coffee is super specific, specialty grade, zero primary defects. Uh, you know, later we realized that other coffee companies were selling our uh, something similar that we, I mean, they say it's similar flagship for upwards of you know, $30 a pound. And, and it's kind of funny because we were a bit naive because we didn't realize that 
the understanding of the words like varietals and coffee were not understood and like they would have been in wine, uh, much more understood. And, and then we named it, originally we named it the estate blend because it was a blend within an estate of two farms. And so we didn't realize that this connotation with the word blend was so, I guess, commercial or as a connotation we just we weren't expecting. Yeah, people thought of it as as uh, a blend would be something less than. And that's not what we intended to mean at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I mean, I think of when I think of blends, I think of champagne or I think of whiskey, things where you take only from the very best, but you take Say in the case of champagne, it's very clear. It's very similar to coffee. Basically, you take in if you're producing a Grand Cru champagne, you take champagnes from different farms in the Grand Cru region, which is a very small area, but different farms have different tastes. And so they'll take the grapes from different farms within that small area in order to create the balance they want. And that's what we did with the estate is within the very best of the coffees, we selected two different parts of, a, of the estate in order to combine those two coffees, which are basically from the same farm, you know, in order to create this, this wonderful coffee. And, and for us, that was a really positive connotation. But in the market, it wasn't perceived that way. Some, well, some people saw it the way we thought they would. And then others thought, oh, it's a blend. What does that mean? So it's got a bunch of garbage in it? No, not at all. I mean, quite, 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 quite the opposite, which was interesting. What she was saying about the what other companies are doing. We, we do often get a lot of insight and we can't necessarily share things because they're told to us in confidence. But when we're going around tasting the coffees from different farms, sometimes we'll pass on a coffee and we'll find out who it was sold to later on. And, in, and what she was sort of referring to is that we were told, and I don't know if it's true, but it seems likely, that a coffee very similar from a neighboring farm to what we have used for the estate was sold on to a large American coffee company that then sold it as their Nicaraguan reserve at about $30 a pound. And our goal has always, is kind of a side subject, but our goal has always been to offer huge value for a reasonable price. So, I mean, the estate is, depending on where you buy it, between like $12 and $16 a bag. And that's obviously less than half of, of what this other company was doing. Right. And and I think some of the, when we were developing, we also didn't realize how the U.S., if we talk about the U.S., are really just the, the coffee drinkers in the world, which are in um, the United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, Japan, places that coffee... Um, by and large, does not grow. And so this concept of single origin was just, was birthing. And so, but what that meant is just a bunch of coffees mixed together from one origin. And and maybe you might know the name of the farm, but you, you know, you don't get much more selection. And so when we were being super specific, which we can do as a small company because we live here, it, that would be very virtually impossible for a small coffee company in the non-producing country to do. And so we just didn't realize that we were we were talking like wine when, I mean, what would be the equivalent? I mean, you would never say French wine, California wine, or New York wine. Well, I'm not sure the equivalent. I mean, if you just said bread, people would want to go deeper. And, that, and that's how the single origins generally, I mean, say are being presented. But, but more and more, it's starting to get a little deeper and people are starting to try to sort through the characteristics. I think 
there's an element of this. When we started to offer the estate here in Nicaragua, we started to do trainings, different places. We were training the the staff at the duty-free store in the airport and in different coffee shops around the country where they were serving our coffee. And one of the things that I thought was really great about this concept of, of offering the estate was that when we were doing these trainings, we would explain to the, the people who were working there, who were serving the coffee or selling the coffee, we would explain to them, you know, this is Nicaragua's traditional coffee available at a reasonable price, and it's the best selection of it. Because, and it's a source of pride for people. We, we discovered very quickly that that people really connected to what we hoped that they would connect to, that that this is sort of an exemplification of the traditional Nicaraguan coffee. And that's 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 really gratifying. It's it's nice to hear when people can really grasp that concept of, yeah, this is something I can be proud of from my country. Right. And it was one of the first times that I don't know, average people around us were able to think about tasting coffee as far as rather than just saying, I like it, I don't like it, um, because finally there's a quality level that you can think about the different attributes, the aroma, um, the sweetness, the body, and start start looking at this um, like you would do a wine tasting rather than just saying, oh, it's kind of bitter, i got to put a bunch of sugar in it. Right. So, and that's one of the things about using the top selection of these beans is that it has the signature, the taste signature of Nicaragua, but it also has no bitterness because all the primary defects are removed and it's just that top selection. So, I mean, I think the estate is something that we offer in three roasts. We offer it in a light roast, a medium roast, and a dark roast because people have these strong preferences for what level of roast. And the estate is one that's really flexible because in a light roast, it has that acidity that people are looking for, like a citrusy taste along with the rich coffee notes. And then when you do medium, it's sort of a crowd pleaser. Everybody likes it like that because it has a touch of the citrus, but it also has that more roasty, toasty sort of taste that you get from a more roasted coffee. And then the dark roast is uh, very popular as well. There are a lot of people who really just like a dark roasted coffee. It has that power on the palate that people really enjoy. And so this is the only coffee that we offer in that wider range of roasts. And, and we can, as the roaster, you know, we know that this is a really flexible coffee. It can perform at all three of those roasts mm-hmm. and, and hit a different consumer's palate than in the right way. Absolutely. Our, uh, we've, we've had a um, we've now become friends, a customer in Canada who has ordered um, the, the estate, well, I guess, and also a cigar for a long time. And they always say, they always order a dark roast and they say that that Canadian dark roast. And yeah. so, so they really love it in the dark roast as well. And, and because it's a specialty coffee, the light roast, um, as Colin was saying, as you were saying, performs quite well because of the lack of defects. And so you don't have to be scared to try it in a light roast. One of the things I like about the, the what we think of as the Nicaraguan taste from these heritage varietals is the chocolatiness. Mm-hmm. There, there's a real perceivable chocolatiness in the taste, and it comes out especially 
when you add a little bit of sugar to right. it, it almost starts in a cacao chocolate in a cacao. Yeah, way, not it's like in a milk chocolate. Well, and then when you add sugar to it, it almost does become a little bit mm. candy barish. Yeah, it's really tasty. Which is which is nice. I mean the, that that aspect of the Nicaraguan profile is something that is sort of a signature through a lot of our coffees, and everybody loves it. I love it. You love it. You know, people love the taste of of cacao, even if it's just a little bit of a hint of it in there. It's just it's very pleasant. I mean, it's one of the one of the great sort of profiles that you can find in specialty coffee. So as we said, we started with the estate uh, as the estate as a state blend, and now we've launched our new packaging, which is the estate. And one of the it was very exciting to do all of the new packaging because we really got to go deep into each coffee and where it's grown and we wanted to show about the Nicaraguan fauna and flora and so on the estate it says heritage cultivated for generations um, and the guardabaranco which is the national bird here is is highlighted on the side and it says it guards the ravines around the coffee fields and we, we had so much fun um, thinking about these animals and what they were doing because all of the animals actually are found in the coffee fields and the coffee mountains and and the guardabaranco if, you, if you're in nicaragua you'll you'll see that used in so many places so much symbolism it's a it's a beautiful symbol everyone loves it um we have them in our backyard all the time. Right. The noticeable right. thing on the Guadabaranco bird is that it has this really interesting looking tail where it sort of comes out of the tail as like a stick. I've never... Almost like an airplane flap as a flap. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'm moving my hands around a lot, which I know people can't see, but it sort of comes out as a stick from its tail. And then at the very end of that stick, it sort of plumes out and, and makes this little circle-ish shape at the bottom with feathers and so it has this it has this really interesting look to the tail yeah it's beautiful i mean it's it's always such a treat when you get to see them and wear and so we see them over at the roastery and we we have a volleyball net now and they like to go and uh, perch perch on top of the volleyball net so it's it's quite um authentic and it's beautiful to be able to offer that kind of image on the side of the coffee reminding everyone that that is uh, reflecting kind of the the heritage of Nicaragua. And what's the canopy? So with with each of our coffees we we provide the information on the packaging about the canopy, uh, the shade under which the coffee plants grow and uh, what what is it on the estate? So the triple shade system which I, I just, well, that's a whole other topic, but I really love that. Um, it'd be the oak as the highest shade with guava and the medium shade and banana, the banana plants being the light shade. So the lovely, we've also, where we could, we've also added Spanish on, on these type of descriptions, um, sometimes not always directly translated, but but there so that you can also understand what it would mean in Spanish. Yeah, so if you're... You're obviously listening to this in English right now, but if you notice on our packaging that you'll see Spanish uh, consistently on the packaging, it's because we're 
making the same coffee available here in Nicaragua that we're making available internationally. And so we try our best to include uh, as much as we can on the packaging without it getting too cluttered so that everybody gets a chance to really understand the the, the nature, the product, the, the company, everything that, that we can. It's a lot to communicate in a small space, but that's why you're going to see some of that stuff. So that's a little bit of the background on the story of The Estate by Twin Engine. And we hope you appreciate the the concept behind it, offering the pure taste of Nicaragua's heritage varietals in a very easy to purchase and enjoyable product. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. This has been Brewing Conversation with Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Thank you for listening. For more connection to coffee and Twin Engine Coffee, go to TwinEngineCoffee.com or email us. We'd love to hear from you.